0: Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalier. Last week, we began a conversation with Fidja Karthikian, That is, I am sure, a very poor attempt at pronouncing her last name. Notice how I sped up quickly to hide all the mistakes in the pronunciation. We're going to know her simply as Vija. If you want to learn more about her training, you can visit her website and Facebook page, theunlikelytrickster.com. There you will meet Beanie, her sighthound, and her two cats. So from that, you can correctly infer that the animals in Vidya's life are not horses. But if you listen to last week's podcast, you will know that we are very much on the same wavelength when it comes to our animals. I met Vidya for the first time this past January at the Clicker Expo. We were talking about concept training. She works with dogs and cats, I work with horses. The difference in species doesn't matter concept training can be taught to all of them. And as we were talking, I, I really loved how creative Vidya was in her use of concept training. So I invited her to join us for an afternoon's conversation. Her dog Beanie was recovering from surgery, so husbandry procedures were very much on her mind. That's where we started. We went straight down the rabbit hole of husbandry behaviors, and we didn't come out for quite a while. So that was part one of this conversation. We left the discussion of concept training for part two for this podcast, and that's where we're going to start off. So have fun. Concept training will definitely stretch you as a trainer, and it provides wonderful enrichment for you and all the animals that fill your heart and your life. You know what is concept training, and how it, how is it differentiated from just training? So, when you're thinking about concept training, how would you
1: define it, describe it? Okay, so basics. Oh, 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 my oh. Alex! I'm kind of I'm kind of here going, how can I do this justice when I'm talking to you too? Um, Just as you would
2: to when you explain it to dog owner.
1: (laughs) So, I think the way that other people describe concept work, and it, it, it makes sense to me, is that you teach the animal a set of rules that apply under certain examples. You choose your examples in such a way that you allow the animal several opportunities to conceptualize, to draw out that rule from those examples. And the beauty of concept training is watching the animal apply the rule set you have taught them to an environment that they have never seen before. Then it's that. So I describe it to people like you build a skyscraper with your dog. You, you build this massive you you think about everything you go what goes first the foundations go first okay the brick goes next you know this is you you build the prerequisites like bit by bit like that jigsaw you know you build that skyscraper and then you let them turn on the lights ah great image that's how i see it okay yeah and so how, so how do
0: you begin the building of it or better yet let's describe how about so people have a sense uh can visualize so you've you've come home for the evening and you're uh in your living room with beanie and what are some of the things that you would be doing with him
1: oh i see so i spend my time reading about concepts that have already been experimented with because in my, in my day job, so outside of all the stuff that I do with Beanie, my, my background is I'm a data scientist, I'm a computer scientist. I have, uh, you know, I, I live and breathe data and what you can do with data using machine learning and artificial intelligence and th- you know, that's, my, that's what I do for a living. Within the telecoms, you know, broadband tv that sort of industry so that's that's what i do in my day job and i spend a lot of my time learning about what other people have already experimented with because i don't it's it's a huge it's a huge task to take on oneself to go out there and bring novel peer-reviewed information out out there you know to stand that rigor I do that in my day job, you know, I don't have the energy to do it in the evening, you know, so it's sort of, so what I do is I kind of stand on the shoulders of giants, right? So I read what other people have tried out. And one of the things that I find fascinating is how can I take what seems to be this perhaps somewhat dry experiment and turn it into something that every dog and every cat can do? So how do I take what is this, you know, rigorous, clean environment, yeah, where something has been demonstrated or explored, and turn that into something that you can play with your dog in your lounge? Mm
2: -hmm. Such as?
1: So for example, you know, um, the typical concepts that people usually talk about, such as, you know, size and quantity discrimination, there's plenty of evidence for that across different species. They have been, we've looked at, for example, people of other people, other giants have looked at whether cats are more sensitive to the volume in terms of number of dots or the size in terms of how big it is you know so people have explored things like that so size and quantity discrimination is an example of a concept matching to a sample is an example of a concept so what that looks like is that i might have an instance so for example i have a brown colored toy and a blue colored tro- toy and a, a, a yellow colored toy. And I might hold up a brown colored toy, the same toy maybe to start with. And I would like for my animal to say, well, that's the same as the one that you've presented to me. And the the opposite is also true. So the, the finding the oddity is also a concept, right? The cue that I use for it is what's new. So that it's which one is, different to the one that I'm holding in my hand right Mm -hmm. then there are other examples
0: or if you're holding up the brown and the yellow Mm -hmm. and could also be saying what is the characteristic that you're after is it shape is it color
1: (sighs) yes see this is this I'm I'm I I almost stood up in my chair. You can't see this, but I almost did. So, yes, exactly. So, you can, you can, the way to explore concepts is okay, can you match identically? And can I teach you to discriminate on an attribute of that item? Yes. Where, for example, if I would. Right now, I, I'm revising this because I, I get really excited teaching new things and then I don't really go back to the stuff that I've taught before. And then I go back and Beanie goes, huh? So, you know, it's, it, it happens more often than I would like. But at the moment, I'm revisiting shape and color matching. I was, I was laughing because I was listening to your podcast on um, going to the dollar shop. Yeah, yes. and looking yeah. So <laughs> I was laughing because this is exactly what I do. Um so I yeah, bought, it doesn't
2: cost a lot to buy two of everything.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and Alex, you had said, Oh, I just buy two of everything. I was like, Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I was laughing when I was listening to that in the car. So <laughs> I bought how do you describe this? You know the thing that you put cutlery into and you can hang it on a rail? Mm. From IKEA. It's um it's uh it's like it's a just, little basket yeah, yeah it's just a basket it's just a basket and they mm. had them in different colors and okay. yeah, um yeah, so
2: yeah, I, I know what you mean
1: i scored a lot of them and <laughs> and I have cones because as part of my dog he has a he has an injury so he does physio and so on so we work on cavalettis at home so therefore I have cones that have holes in them and they're also of similar colors and so on so I have blue ones and yellow ones that seem to match together so I have been revisiting um, shape and color matching with him so if I would offer him a Blue cone and a yellow box, and I would show him a yellow cone. If I would cue color, he would pick a different object than if I would cue shape. Mm-hmm. That's an example. That's so much fun. Yeah, that is yeah. so much fun. That is so much fun. Yeah,
2: it is. You know, it's funny because during the conference, um, Ken did a Ken Ramirez did a a conference on on concept training. And one of the things that, you know, just struck me was in the audience, people were having so much fun looking at this. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it is that makes us so full of joy when we look at an animal perform those tasks. I don't know if it's because... It makes us feel like, oh my God, he's so smart and there's so much potential for us to communicate together. I don't know what it, what do you think it is? Because you must have seen this, people get so joyful. I they, get so joyful. Yeah, <laughs> when they see the dogs perform these this, this, this
1: amazing discriminations, what is it? Well, I get this an awful lot on my page, right? So, and I tell people that, Actually, their dog is no different to Beanie. That's right, because
2: it's it's a very different thing when we're looking at this with our perspective mm-hmm. than the Walt Disney animal. And we've talked about this before because the Walt Disney animal has made a lot of damage where people expect things from their animals that are not um, scientifically based or not reasonable, whereas here... Um, this exploration of what they can learn, what they can discriminate, yes, is based on science, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast. We can talk about cues and the and the clever answers. Yes, yes, but, yes. Um, and that will be something I'd I'd like to talk before we we finish this conversation. But let's first start to to try to define what the concept training is. But I I just find it amazing not just to look at the dogs perform but to see the effect it has on the humans
1: yes i think so i think it's a certain kind of perhaps it's relatability i mean one of the things i do with mine is we play card games i mean this is going to sound absolutely nuts but we play card games um so <laughs> for example i taught him how to i taught Beanie how to play go fish okay. um, which is is, so do you know what okay so go fish is essentially a match to sample task so um he has uh three choices in front of him and i present one from the card so there's a pack of cards we basically use shape and color cards from amazon that's intended for children you know early learning and um i take one of those and i put them and then i have these cards that have the word yes and no which for him is obviously just a pattern um yes. and i uh, essentially the go fish game is for him to indicate whether he perceives the match or not okay yeah and then every time he he spots a match we take that pair out of the pile and put two new cards in so you make your way through the entire pile over time Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. The other thing that we play is a is a is an adapted card game called War. Do you know what that means? Uh, do you know War? I play. Yeah, I played that. I don't know little.
2: what that is. What? Oh, War. Yeah, where you. Well, can you just uh, briefly describe it? I think I know what it is. There'll be
0: somebody
1: who doesn't, so we need to describe it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I play an adapted version of it, which obviously works for dogs. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, it is the the game. We pretend, or I pretend, that I have a set of these giant A four cards from Amazon, uh, playing cards. They're they're massive, and I give him we. we pretend to distribute it and then he gets a pile and i get the pile and then i pretend that the right side is his side and the left the left side is my side and you're you're starting you're kind of going who on earth did we ask to come and talk about conception um so (laughs) then you put the two cards next to each other and his role is he's the arbiter so he tells me which one is the bigger card okay so let's say you So there are are like uh, values to the card, two, three, four, five, six? Yeah, 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 exactly. I exclude some of them because I think discrimination becomes more difficult the closer in uh, quantity and the close and the denser the patterns get. So, you know, it does get more difficult. so I, I, you know, I, I kind of choose the cards in a way that I know will work for him, and that he. But the can. the
2: cards are they like numbers or they're dots, the number of dots or what are, what's on the card?
1: They're playing cards. They're just massive.
2: Okay, so it would be like two. I don't know the words in English, but like the Queen of Heart. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, and then you and then you come up the the next his pile mm-hmm. is, let's say King black
1: yeah so he might have a 10 of uh so I only take the black ones because the red ones are okay. they're very shiny so I'm okay. not really sure if he can see them I'm, I'm not you know sometimes I'm not convinced about that with the black ones for example he might he might have a 10 and I might have a 2 and okay. then I will put them next to him and then he'll say uh, his cue is bigger so he'll say bigger and then he will Paul target the one that is bigger. And then, if that was his card, then he gets that round. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, eventually, so, you know, over the course of the game, he collects maybe five or six pairs, and I'm collecting two or three pairs. And then, what we also do is I will then put the pairs in front of him and then cue him to tell me how many there are.
2: Okay. And you don't use the. I don't know, again, the the words in English, but like the queen, king, and valet. No, I don't use don't those. Don't use like the star. figure. The, the, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. I, I, I mean, I, I, this is why it's It's already, hard. Two, do you yeah. use the ace?
2: No.
1: No, I don't use two the to ace ten. Because yeah. mostly, I don't know which way the ace goes. So yeah. right? <laughs> it confuses yeah. me. Is it one or 11? Yeah, so I think my problem with some of this is that I don't remember the rules very well. So Right,
2: right. But, I mean, already to do two to ten is... And you reinforce it each time.
1: Yes, every single repetition. Yes, every, mm-hmm. um, every single repetition. If it's discrimination and it's... It, uh, yes, absolutely. So how does he tell you how many? Oh, I, we play this version. So many, many years ago, Beanie being who he is, the reason I got into concept training Apart from being one of those people whose jaw was on the floor when I saw Ken and Coral for the first time, someone said, did you know about this? And I was like, oh my goodness, this is what I need to do in life. And (laughs) I started to do concept work with Beanie because he was the kind of dog who, you know, when we would be outside somewhere like in a cafe or, you know, or, or um, outdoors in the woods or something. If something sudden would happen, like someone drops a spoon or something like, or or I drop a spoon or someone trips or, you know, something unexpected happens. He, for a long time, genuinely lacked the repertoire for what to do right then. You know, he would literally just turn into a potato and he, he kind of didn't know what to, he, he would, sp- I, I guess you could say he would spook easily, you know? And so... I started doing concept work with him as a way to build a safety bubble around him. You know, it's, I guess it reminded me when I, at some point later on, saw Alex, one of your videos of using targeting as a way of getting over fear of something. Okay. Mm -hmm. In some ways, maybe it's similar because, Mm -hmm. you know, he would suddenly, you know, ears pin back and he would, just stand there and he would stare at me and you could see the whites of the you know then I could go which hand is bigger which hand is smaller and -hmm. I would have him back I would just have him back and we would be in a bubble Mm. and that was why I started doing concept work so I do a lot of stuff with him with my hands you know so all I need is two tissues and a spoon or you know two tissues two spoons and we can do a match to sample.
2: You know, for me, the, because I, I, I played a little bit with match to sample with Canel, and for me, the reason was, was that she's an old dog and she's hurting a lot. You know, she has a lot of arthritis. And if I want to continue to train with her and not hurt her, this this is a great great avenue because we can do lots she's smart she's quick she loves it and i'm i'm realizing you know the the effect of the clever hands in this in this game yeah yeah yeah. it can be very very subtle and so you know it's it's also quite interesting to see how much discrimination they can make and that can help us with um cue teaching with you know our healthier animal when we can move but for me the reason has been that you know it's kind of it, it it's, it's almost a necessity in a way because there's not much else I can do with her at this point in her life. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: Well, we can go for a short walk and that's good. But the rest of the day, that's, you know, and we can do husbandry training. But I think this is the kind of, because th- husbandry training, of course, if you do it well, they, they can like it. But I mean, this is fun. This is fun fun it is, it is. Yeah. it's
1: fun and to your question earlier about you know how does this link to allowing the animal to tell you what they yes. think mm-hmm. it's it's that's that's how so you go i would like to give you the repertoire and give you be as clear as i can be in communicating the rule set of this cue you know what this cue means and what that rules what, what is associated with that and i would like to give you an example where I just want to see what you're going to do now.
2: So can you give us some examples of that?
1: Oh, just I find it beautiful just with the novel novel objects that you introduced, you know. So the first time that I offer a novel object, so let's say with um, if we take the example with the shape and color matching, yes, yeah? so I had previously taught shape and color matching using these children's playing blocks. They are made of triangles and circles. And um, you can tell I spent a lot of time in the early, early learning development section of Amazon. Don't you? Can't you? <laughs> okay. That's where to go. <laughs> that's where to go. Okay. <laughs> that's where to go. And that's where I had taught him shape and color matching and so on. Whereas now I'm bringing that to this cone and this uh, utensil basket. As you fade out systematically the prompts that you consciously and thoughtfully put in, as you start to fade them out, you see the animal think for themselves. I know I'm I'm saying things that's hard to, you know, you can pin that in terms of behaviors, but you can, you, 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 it's like taking the scaffolding away from a building. So let's say that I'm listening
0: to this and I'm getting so excited. This sounds like great fun and I want to get started, so I arrive on your doorstep with my miniature horse. We won't, we won't overwhelm you with a big horse, but with a miniature horse, and so Dominique is there with me with her dog and I'm there with my miniature horse. How do we begin? Yes, I really am going to do this to you. I know you want to hear the answer. Of course you want to know how to teach these games to your own animals. But you're going to have to wait for the next episode. In the meantime, what I would say is work on basics. Good fundamentals are key components of concept training. You'll need a solid stationing behavior. You'll need good targeting. And you're going to need clean reinforcement patterns. So review those elements. And next week, we'll continue on with this question of how do you get started with concept training? Have fun.